Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Souls. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. the show here on a Friday afternoon. It's Wolf and Luke. Howard Balls are in for Wolf. Going into week 17. Quarterback matchup on Sunday. The quarterback was supposed to be the one thing coming out of the offseason, Howard, that it was like, all right, okay, no matter what, the Cardinals have spent a quarter of a billion dollars. They at least know who the quarterback is, and it's not Kyler Murray's fault that he's hurt right now. But here we are going into week 17, and the quarterback matchup is David Blau versus Desmond Ritter. Mm -hmm. So now if you're jumping in your car right now and you're like, well, who's the Cardinals quarterback? (laughs) It's David Blau, (laughs) who was signed, what, like two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, right after after Murray got hurt. Yes. He was signed to the practice squad. Okay. And then last week, he was, or maybe was it this, yeah, I think it was last week, he was officially signed off the practice squad onto the roster with McCoy, with Colton, not... Well, maybe it was Den. No, let me see here. Whatever it was, he was added to the he was added to the regular roster. It, so it, it probably was the Denver game, right? Because that's where McCoy got hurt. Right. He missed the the uh, Buccaneers game. The fact that they played the Patriots and Buccaneers so close, and I still just have morphed those into one team because of Brady, has been really confusing over the last few weeks. But the Colt McCoy. In case you're just joining us, is not going to play on Sunday. He was supposed to start, then he wasn't at practice today, and then Cliff Kingsbury uh, gave an update after practice that David Blau is going to be the guy starting. Here's Cliff. Yeah, he had uh, some symptoms show up yesterday after practice, so just out of abundance of caution, yeah, we decided to sit him this week, and we'll start David Blau um, Sunday, give him a chance, um, evaluate him, see see how that goes, and then the last week kind of see where we're at between those two guys and uh, name a starter then. And the weird thing about that, he said, after practice. Well, yesterday, and it could have been later in the day, but after practice, the Cardinals have open locker room for the media mm-hmm. after practice is over. And I had like a brief five-minute chat uh, with, with Colt just about something totally different than football at his locker. And it was near the end of the, that open locker room period. And he seemed fine. He didn't, you know, there wasn't anything that gave any indication that he had had some symptoms. Now, maybe some things started later in the day after practice is very possible, but that was where it was. Wow, when did the, when did this happen? What were the symptoms? Who knows? Was it headaches? Whatever it might be. Obviously, he's not going to play. But here's one for the books that I was thinking of. Certainly, there have been other teams that have had four different starting quarterbacks. In a season, because of injuries and all kinds of things happen. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering, Luke, has there ever been, ever been a team that has had four starting quarterbacks, four different starting quarterbacks in four consecutive weeks? Boy, that's a good point. I would doubt it. Maybe, maybe there has, but it's hard to imagine that that has happened to any team. I cannot remember one off the top of my head. I really, I mean, I can't even... Even three in, in three consecutive yeah, that's, weeks, that's, that's pretty rare. Yeah, and now it's four. Four and four in straight and consecutive weeks. It's unbelievable. And it leads into this. This uh, this is a tweet from Andrew Brandt yesterday. It says, it usually takes a lot longer than six months after the deal is done for fans and media to ask, when can the teams get out of those contracts? 
hearing slash seeing this regarding Carr, Murray, and Wilson. Life moves fast. That's the end of the tweet. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about this earlier. Okay, Derek Carr, I mean, he's, he's almost certainly not going to be on the Raiders next year. Russell Wilson's going to be on Denver, but they, they don't want him there. <laughs> not, not everybody, but I can tell you the fan base doesn't really love him right now. Kyler Murray, though, being thrown in there um, is interesting for a few different reasons, just in the sense that I think a lot of the fans locally were nervous about that deal when it was first signed. I wonder if maybe the Cardinals were nervous about that deal just with the way they had that clause in the contract and the way it was negotiated publicly by uh, by Kyler Murray's agent uh, in the offseason. But we were talking about this earlier, and you mentioned how much of a how much that would just kill your cap if you really wanted to get rid of Kyler Murray. They don't want to do that. I'm not saying that, but let's say next year it doesn't go any better either. Yeah, I was going to get there. Good point. What does that do? Yeah, like how bad is it for your cap? That's that's. I'll have to go and dig deep, a little deeper in it, but there's no doubt. And. As you read that tweet again, that nuance hit me. It wasn't so much that they were saying, well, can people saying, can they get out of the contract in 2023? It was saying, when could they get out of yeah. it? Yeah. And next year, the cap hit is, is, is enormous. And a lot of that's because of the big, you know, big salary or not, not big salary, but a lot of bonuses and all those things. I'd have to look closer at it, which I haven't done yet to see how it, progresses through but every year that a, a court uh, that a, a contract goes further it's usually less of a problem getting out of it however with with Murray a lot of the base the base the, the key will be the base salaries that it's not that high a base salary next year but then it balloons in the one in, in the year million, after that yeah. the key is how much of that is guaranteed and so that's what truly affects the cap, but any future guarantees it, it all it all accelerates into your cap when you trade a guy, yeah, or or just he's not on your team anymore, and some you can split that up when there's multiple years left if you do something after June first, but that money's sitting on your cap until June first when all the business of the league is done. So I'll, I have to look a little closer to see you know when when it becomes more tenable for it to happen. But this first year of the deal with signing bonus and all those things with all the acceleration, it's it's just it's just almost it just can't be done. Yeah, it can't be done now. And the only reason I even bring it up is because A because of this tweet. Uh B because I I felt like especially earlier this season and I get it a lot of Cardinals fans every time there was a bad game it was like man it's a bad game and we're committed to this GM coach and quarterback for five plus years so it's like it almost feels like five bad games at a time right and as we have seen I mean it it sounds like they haven't made a GM change but that that certainly seems like it's it's uh it's probably going to happen. Um, the coaching thing, it seems like if Cliff is brought back, he'd be on the extreme hot seat to start next year anyway. But with Kyler, and I, I don't think fans are like, get him out of here, we got to get somebody new because you, you, can't, you can't just keep doing that. Right. Um, but there are concerns watching his game this year where it's like is that a, just a throw he can't make? Is, is he not, you know, what, what's what? how much of the problem at the line of scrimmage before a snap is Kyler? How much of it is Cliff? Why aren't they throwing downfield? Is that Kyler? Does he not go through his progressions? What, all these different questions, right? Can he throw over the middle? Is that the one area where his height is messing with him? He can't throw, whatever. Um, if if you have another season like this where it's bad next year too, probably not this bad, but bad, and he's, Kyler specifically isn't taking a step forward. You're talking about potentially a new GM and coach, those guys aren't necessarily going to be tied to Kyler right. Murray the way Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury are. No question. 
No question. I started mentioning earlier where the deep ball was there in the first half of last season. And here, here's a guy whose name is hardly ever mentioned, right? But one of the huge, biggest losses, maybe bigger than Chandler, Law, Chandler Jones in terms of the impact it had on the team, was Christian Kirk leaving. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the breakdown of the deep ball passing for the first half of last season, Christian Kirk was number one. In yardage and average per catch in terms of, and the, a deep ball pass is, is considered a pass that was in the air for 16 or more yards. It doesn't have to be 40 yards down the field or something like that. Well, he, he was the main guy in the first half of the season. And certainly it helped that Hopkins was there. And A.J. Green was even productive in the first half with that triumvirate on the field. And Rondale Moore, who was not not getting a lot of catches, but was making plays. Then at the end of the season, Moore was hurt, which he's hurt now. Hopkins got hurt. And the deep ball disappeared at the end of last year. People forgot that, I thought, as they were saying this year. What happened to the deep ball? Well, it wasn't there at the end of last season either. And a certain amount of this, like you said, sometimes it's the line. Sometimes it's protection. What if some defenses are playing you different. Then this year, of course, you didn't have Kirk. They were hoping that Rondell Moore would be the guy to fill that role of Christian Kirk. And it, it all began to... You know, dom- the dominoes started falling. On the first Thursday practice of the season... Luke, it was three days before the opener, and they had a lot of stuff in that game plan for Rondale Moore, and he got hurt in practice. Yeah. They, and all of a sudden, he wasn't available. Obviously, Hopkins wasn't, and we saw that what that offense was for numerous, and Moore missed three games. When he came back, it took a little while to really get him into the flow again. Then he started making some plays, right? And then he got hurt again. And this guy, he can't be counted on. So I think it's more all, all, Kyler's a part of it, don't get me wrong, but it's all the things around him which made it very difficult for that deep ball to be there. If you made a list of like a, like a Cardinals wish list for next season and it wasn't, you could even put stuff on there that you can't control. You know what I mean? You can't be like win the Super Bowl, but it can be like Rondale Moore stays healthy for a season so you actually see what you have. That would be on there. That list would be so long, you couldn't even fit it on one piece of paper. (laughs) You couldn't. You couldn't. All right, we come back over to basketball. What does Kevin Ray want to see for the Suns tonight in Toronto? We're going to ask the Suns broadcaster for Bally Sports next. It's game day with K. Ray, Wolf and Luke. Howard Balls are in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cash it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom. Catching bodies on his way to the rack. Suns. Game day with K-Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. All right, we are back here, and we are joined by Kevin Ray of Valley Sports on the Arizona Sports Line. Suns in Toronto tonight to take on the Raptors. We will not get Devin Booker versus the Raptors mascot this time because there is no Devin Booker. K-Ray, what's going on, man? How we doing, gang? Excellent. We're, we're good. Um wouldn't mind some more wins or healthy players on the Suns. <laughs> now that now that we know that, uh, that I'm, we're all very distracted because there's a guy that looks like Cliff Kingsbury on TV right now in the Mayo Bowl and it's throwing all of us off. He's just like I don't know. <laughs> I think he's a fan. Um, Alright, so going into this game tonight, knowing that Devin Booker's out for four weeks before he gets reevaluated, we were talking about this with Kellen Olsen the other day. Coming out of the Washington game, it was a, it was a pretty good game for DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, and Mikel Bridges. So the the, the new big three necessitated by injuries 
mostly played well, and yet they still lost by 25, K. So what do you make of that? Yeah, look, it, it's every game, and not that it doesn't already, guys, but, you know, every game is going to have its kind of own unique set of circumstances. Um, that Washington team that you're speaking of, uh, very long and athletic uh you know, D.A. had a great scoring night, but, you know, just, just seven rebounds, and the Suns were, were out-rebounded pretty badly in that game. It was another game where uh, Washington got to the line a ton, and, you know, the, the margin for error for this team now has been trimmed to, to just absolutely nothing. And I think that, uh, I think that what you're looking at and we and Annie and I talked about this on the telecast the other night. You know, you, you had Dwayne Washington Jr. have the big night in Memphis. But what what you will see from time to time is as these guys and their playing time uh, expands, their roles expand, you know, the, their names, you know, move higher on on the opposing team scouting reports. So it's going to be, you know, a matter of, of each one of these guys now, the Washington Juniors, uh, you know, the Akogis, the Jock Landales, Ish Wainwright for that matter. Their roles are expanding. And their games are going to have to, you know, to, to step up. And there is a reason that they are, you know, bench players, role players in the NBA. But now they're being thrust into to bigger situations, bigger opportunities. And that's what Monty and the, the staff has to look at it as. And, and that's certainly what these players have to look at it as. But each game uh, will present, you know, an opportunity for one of these guys to step up and help those three players you talked about. Because Monty said it the other night. He said, you know, I, I can't have Chris, Mikhail, and D.A. feel like they've got to save the world. Um, but just going to have to play some, some really good basketball on most nights in order to win. And, Kevin, you, you hit on it when you talked about guys are bench guys for a reason. And the expectation then or the hope that if they're playing night after night, that that consistency is going to be there is the question. And how many you're not going? You're probably not going to get all of them to do it consistently. But if you, I guess if you can get a couple of them, just keep games close, right? Isn't that it? At least keep the game close, play good defense, and then have the game be contested in the fourth quarter. Yeah, exactly. And look, you know, and I don't want to call the the Memphis game an outlier, but you know, we had eight guys in double figures. Um, that's that's probably going to be you know more rare than it is something that occurs on on a consistent uh, basis from from game to game. But yeah, it really does put onus on these guys because the one thing you can do is play defense. You know, your shot might be off, but you can play defense. But, again, the, these are players who are getting into combinations that they've not played with. I think that was a, a result of several of the turnovers the other night. You know, you had you had five guys on the floor that had not played a lot and logged a lot of minutes together. So it's just going to come down to communication, um, getting an opportunity to, to get more time on the floor. Uh, there, there's, you know, because of the travel and the injuries, there's been very little time for these guys to work collectively uh hopefully after tonight you know there'll be a few days before the next game so they'll be afforded an opportunity to get some more practice time because 
as we know, book's not going to be even reevaluated for another month. Um, I, I don't expect Landry Shamit to play tonight. Haven't gotten official word on that, but I, I'd be very surprised if Landry plays. You know, so you just got to have guys, you know, step up, do their jobs, and those three players that you mentioned um, continue to do theirs at a very high level. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports, it's game day with K. Ray Suns in Toronto to face the Raptors tonight. K, going back to the defense for a second there, and I know Imani's preaching this. I mean, this is a, a foundation of what he wants to do, and it's a foundation of what they have been doing for the last two years. But, man, I, I would just, I would think with all the guys that are out, you, you can't replace Devin Booker. You can't replace the scoring of Cam Johnson. You, you can't replace the raw talent, but it almost feels like this is a, a time to just get back to the basics of grinding out wins with defense because that, a lot of that, not all of it, but a lot of it is effort and cohesiveness. And I hear what you're saying. These guys haven't played together a whole lot. But is the, in your mind, is that where a lot of the emphasis is going to be here for the next four weeks? Yeah, I think so. Because, look, you know, solid and really good defense can help lead to, to what? Easy offense. And if you get easy offense for some of these role players, you know, the layups, the uncontested, you know, shots, then then their confidence can flourish. So, yeah, the answer is absolutely yes, uh, Luke, because, you know, we, we know that the Suns, when they, you know, when they were starting to turn the corner on Amani Williams, the defense has been their cornerstone. And, and when you go back to that Memphis game, aside the eight, eight guys being in double figures, they were all over the floor defensively. Um, so I think it's just a matter of being able to find some more consistency on that end as well. As, as you look ahead, Kev, to tonight's game, and certainly at least now there was an extra day, only one, only one day in between, but at, yeah. least, at least there was one day in between the games. I'm sure that you and everyone have an expectation that at least when the game the balls tip, tip when the balls tipped that the suns are going to be a lot more intense than they were Wednesday and Monty Williams talked about it 36 point first quarter and then you're in an immediate hole and it's hard to dig out of it when you do you have to expend so much energy to do that i would think that's your expectation for everyone that this game's going to start a lot better than it did on Wednesday yeah, and look, you know, and not to make excuses, but look, there there are some games you can look ahead on the schedule, like when the schedule comes out, and and you can look at it and go, huh, that's an interesting back to back, and and this that turnaround, Memphis to Washington, was you know on my radar two months ago. Um, and that was before the injuries. I mean, even with a healthy roster, and like I say, not you know, it's not an excuse, but the reality is, you know, n- nobody crawled into bed before four four fifteen that morning. Uh, you're playing a little bit on fumes. Uh, you could tell that first six seven minutes they were kind of running in mud, trying to wipe sleep out of their eyes. So yes, with with a, day, a day's rest and hopefully a good night's sleep. And another day's rest today before the tip-off tonight, we'll see a more energized and uh, uh, sharply focused Suns team. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports, uh, K. Pascal Siakam is, what, about a week removed from a 52-point game, and his point totals in his last six games, 27-38, 52-26-36-25. So when I ask you about Toronto, I know he is the starting point. If you're going to beat the Raptors, you can't be letting him go off for 40-plus. What else is it about the Raptors that the Suns are going to have to deal with because Toronto as a team has been struggling lately. 
Well, they, they have, and, and, you know, they're like the Suns. They're, they're pretty beat up. Um, you know, Fred Van Vliet, who has been, you know, he, he's been their heart and soul. Uh, he's going to be sidelined tonight. Uh, they, they haven't seen Otto Porter Jr., who was such a, played such a vital role for Golden State last year. So they've used 18 different starting lineups, guys. So, so, you know, for Phoenix, we've, we've dealt with it just more, most recently, you know, Nick Nurse and the Raptors have de- dealt with it seemingly the entire season, but Siakam, as you point out, he is an absolute beast, and you know we we saw a talented wing in Kyle Kuzma uh, the other night. Well, Siakam is is even better than Kuz. Uh, you know, he had twenty five points, ten rebounds last night, but he can change and affect the game in so many ways. And I know that Suns fans will cringe when they hear this, but one of his great attributes is getting to the free throw line. <laughs> so great. Then you throw then you throw Scotty. Barnes and OG Ananobi, two physical rebounding. So it, it's going to put the onus, you know, on on DA and uh, really collective rebounding by the Suns to not allow second shot opportunities. Before we let you go, where are you on the whole, some of the fan base? Come on. Come on, James Jones. You got to do something. You got to do something. And of course, he was on this air yesterday saying, Hey, I'm looking down the road. I'm looking for, you know, it's not just in the immediate that you're worried about. Not a lot is going on in the NBA, but I'm curious where, where you are in terms of that, where some are saying, Man, you, you just got to make a trade here to do something. Yeah, and, and look, it, it's easy for the fans to say do something. Um, <laughs> you know, a, a knee-jerk trade just for the sake of doing something benefits no one. And, and I think as we have seen, and you know, it, it it's his job. He can't, you know, his needle can't be moved by the impatience of the fans. I think as we have seen and, and heard in a variety of reports, it's not like James isn't talking to people and vice versa. But you you want to make the best deal. And yes, with the injuries occurring, you know, the, the, the way that they have with this team, you would have loved to have had, you know, somebody new in here to help kind of keep the ship afloat. But, um, you know, I've, I've got uh, all the faith in the world in James. And like I say, his patience has paid off in the past. And I believe, you know, we'll we'll see that now here in the future. But there's no doubt that, uh, that the, the Suns, you know, you, you can't continue to go the entire season um, with, you know, a player getting paid and being on the sideline. And you're, you're receiving nothing in return from that. So I would expect something, certainly, you know, we, we know how close to the trade deadline is and and uh but under the circumstances yeah it just makes everybody a little more antsy kevin ray great stuff as always man we'll talk to you again soon all right fellas have a great weekend and uh happy new year happy new year same to you all right that's uh, kevin ray of bally sports joining us right there on the arizona sports line text us your thoughts to the fanduel text line at 620 620 right now when we come back who on the cardinals will be playing for their jobs over these final two games of the season that's next it's wolf and luke howard balls are in for wolf on arizona sports the local sports leader
Welcome back to the show. Howard Balzer in for Wolf today. It is Wolf and Luke on a Friday afternoon, so we're going into Week 17. Cardinals-Falcons. It is David Blau getting the start for the Cardinals. Again, here's Cliff Kingsbury with an update on Colt McCoy, who coming into today we all thought was starting. Yeah, he had uh, some symptoms show up yesterday after practice, so just out of abundance of caution, yeah, we decided to sit him this week, and we'll start David Blau um, Sunday, give him a chance, um, evaluate him, see see how that goes, and then the last week kind of see where we're at between those two guys and uh, name a starter then. I mean, you can hear it in Cliff Kingsbury's <laughs> voice. Uh, he was also asked if, if he has reached the point where he just looks around like, okay, what else? I was I was there about eight weeks ago, so <laughs> we're past that point. Um, no, now, you know, we're, we're like I said, I, with the JJ um, announcement, things like that, we, we want to try to play at a high level and, and win these last two games, and um, everybody's highly motivated to try and uh, send him out the right way. And I, and I think there's a lot of truth to that. You and I talked about that earlier today before we even heard that cut, that I don't think you're going to see a letdown from the Cardinals in these last two games, even without Buda Baker, because are you really going to be the guy who lets down J.J. Watt right. in one of his last two games? And we, we see how beloved J.J. Watt is by his teammates. Just ask Jesse Lucado, who finally got the yeah. jersey. No no question. You know, guys talk about it all the time, about what he's meant. And that's, that's probably the, as much as he'll be missed. And we don't know what, if he decided to play. Would he have been re-signed? What would have happened with that? We, we don't know because he was scheduled to become a free agent. But he'll aside from what he means on the field what he means off the field for these younger guys is is just huge and that's been a big part obviously of his career but did you catch I just caught it and hearing it again where and we talked about it earlier but it dawned on me when he said and we'll see where we are with those two guys Mm -hmm. next week yeah so it almost sounds like they're basically saying Colt's not going to play next week either. Now, I'm not, he didn't really say that. I don't know but why it he sounded would, like. But that. you're right, and, and that's kind of where you have to get with with Cliff Kingsbury. I think anybody that covers this team now for a little bit knows that. Of like, you got to really read between the lines with Cliff because he's typically not going to give you a whole lot. Uh, it would make sense. I mean, if they thought Colt McCoy, okay, he's going to be good to go on Sunday, and then he's and they find out yesterday after practice, he's he's maybe experiencing more concussions. Yeah, you don't take a chance. Why, why would you? Yeah, yeah. there's just not. So it's, I don't even think it's a question. So here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with number five, Luke. How about this? So they're gonna a put Colt McCoy. Yeah, they're gonna put Colt McCoy oh. on injured reserve, and that way they can, you know, even ballyhoo more how many players are on injured reserve. <laughs> He'll be on for one game, and then they've got another guy on the practice squad by the name of James Morgan. Right. So you add him to the roster, the captain. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah captain Moore. He add him to the roster next week. Uh, elevate him, whatever, and then maybe you have all three guys active. And maybe you give some snaps to James Morgan. James Morgan, why? So we can evaluate him for next yeah, year, right? right? You said something earlier that really <laughs> hit home. You've basically got these coaches that you don't even know if they're going to be here next year, and it's not like the team has said they're not. They're, they may very well be here, but we don't know that they're going to be here. Evaluating guys that might not be here next year, like it's almost like. I, I kind of want to fast forward and see what this team looks like midway through next season. Mm-hmm. Are we going to look back at the last couple weeks of this season and be like, how absurd was that? It's a bunch of guys that aren't here evaluating a bunch of guys that aren't here, and they just happen to all be doing it at the Cardinals facility. 
on the other hand, these guys have to go forward as if they're going to be here till they're told otherwise. And I, I started wondering, I mean, who knows what conversations have gone on behind the scenes? This is very possible. I'm not saying I'm not saying this happened, but would it surprise anyone if there hasn't been a conversation already between the Michael Bidwell and Cliff Kingsbury and saying, hey, I know this thing went off the rails a long time ago. It's crazy. But we're going to give you another opportunity to get it right. I mean, I'm not saying he should do that or not. I'm just saying. Would it be surprise anyone if that conversation has happened? It's it's very possible that it might have. So yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And by the way, a quick little interesting note on James Morgan. Mm-hmm. He would, had been signed to play in the USFL with the Pittsburgh Maulers, and then signed to the Cardinals practice squad. And I, and I was told they they already agreed to sign him to a contract for next year is one of the reasons why he came. It wasn't just to make the money you make for a few weeks on the practice yeah. squad. So apparently in somebody's mind, he's going to be part of at least the off-season roster. And so, so who knows? And the really crazy part about it is, here's a name from the past, Lonnie Young, who played for the Cardinals, was a scout, scout a long time uh, with the Baltimore Ravens, and he, 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 owns, he, he has, owns a local business in, in, in the Phoenix area. He's the GM of the Maulers. <laughs> and I actually I actually communicated with him a couple of weeks ago and I said, man, how did that happen? He says, yeah, we were really counting on him. We wanted to, He wanted him to be our guy yeah. for next season. And then he signs with the Garden. So, so well, what's the old saying? <laughs> if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback? Yeah, we go. What do we have? Five, six? Wasn't there Carson Strong? Wasn't that another one? I mean, yeah, I, Carson, he was here for a week yeah, okay. on the practice squad so, and Morgan I, replaced him. But the one thing we know is that it's not going to be Kyler, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be Kyler Murray in week one next year. That, that's almost a given. Yeah. That's almost a given, and who knows when it'll be. So that whole quarterback situation is going to certainly be a huge part of everything that is decided in the offseason. When you look at the rest of this roster, too, there's a lot of guys that are not signed for next year. There's a lot of guys. Like, this team is primed for turnover. Even if they were having a good season right now, you'd look at this team and be like, it might look a little bit different next year. After a four or maybe five win season, it's that much more primed for turnover. And, and I just wonder, like, like I said, how, how different is this team going to look in week one of mm-hmm. next season compared to week 17, week 18 of this season? Because even the guys that you like that you're like, okay, yeah, I want Kelvin Beecham back. I want Zach Allen back. They're not signed yet. Right. There's a lot of guys on this team. And then the guys that are signed, Rodney Hudson. I don't think he's coming back. No, I don't think so either. And even if he said, I want to come back, how could you have any confidence that he'll be available? Yeah. I mean, we went through the whole offseason with, is he retiring? Is he not? Then everyone was thrilled that he did. And he played four games, and that's been it. Yeah. Right? And this, this team, by the way, in two seasons now, is 11-5. and five. When Rodney Hudson has played, and do the math of what it is in the games he hasn't. Well, I can just do the simple math of that's a really good winning percentage, but the problem is in two years there's 34 games, not 16. So he's exactly. Way too well, many. no, no, exactly. And so there's 30 unrestricted free agents by my count. Now it might be 31 because Farrell Cooper was added to the roster this week. Yeah, and. Unless they signed him to a contract for next year also, he will also be an unrestricted free agent. So it's 30 or 31. How about this, Luke? Nine of those 30 
are offensive linemen. <laughs> Virtually every offensive lineman that's active. Kelvin Beecham, Rashad Coward, Cody Ford, Max Garcia, Sean Harlow, Will Hernandez, Josh Miles, Billy Price, and Justin Pugh are all free agents. And I've been told by some that Pugh wants to play. He wants to come back because he doesn't want his career to end by injury. But how can you count on him as good as he is and when he plays? that's tough it, because he is so good when he plays. But, I mean, I, I'll even just look at the offensive line the other way. Here are the guys signed past this year, okay? Marcus Hayes, who you haven't seen anything. He's a, yeah, he was Hayes. a rookie. Yeah. Right. Lasita Smith has shown yeah. a little bit. Josh Jones has shown a little bit. Rodney Hudson, I don't think he's going to play next year. And DJ Humphreys. But that's but that's it. Yeah. That's I mean, there are a lot of offensive linemen that are not signed for next year. You're gonna like Will Hernandez, Cody Ford, Joshua Miles, Justin Pugh, Kelvin Beecham. That's just some of them that aren't signed. There's gonna be a lot of turnover on this roster. We haven't even gotten to receiver and we're gonna run out of time before we can. But, <laughs> I mean, what if DeAndre Hopkins isn't here? You know, this is this is the question I wonder about. What if what if DeAndre Hopkins isn't here? Does that make it more likely that you're like we got to pay Hollywood Brown, or does that make it more likely that you're like you know what? Let's just start fresh at this position and and reinvest our money. So much of that comes down to who's your GM and who's your coach. And yeah, I mean they have. I mean Hollywood Brown's under contract. He's playing on. He's he'll be under the fifth year option. He's going to want more money. He, he'll want more, but has he shown enough to say that you're going to give him this big wide receiver contract? They might just say, "Hey, you got to go out there this year and, and and play and prove it." And he doesn't have much of a choice. He has that fifth year option. I'm guessing so, Michael Bidwell is probably pretty hesitant to pay guys that he has questions about. Yeah, right totally. No no question and, about and, it. And rightfully so. And here's one that we I, I wouldn't have had a question about is Byron Murphy Jr. I mean, here's a guy that man, where would they, where will they be a corner next year? Marco Wilson and who knows who who, who else. But with Murphy, how bad is this back injury? We don't know. Yeah, All, back injuries are scary. They can be exactly. Yeah. So you can, and he'll be a free agent when March rolls around, and halfway through the season, it would have been a no-brainer. you got to get him signed. you got to get him signed. You can't let him go out there in unrestricted free agency. Now, where, where I mean, he, uh, I think this will be the sixth or seventh game he's missed, and then, of course, he's on injury reserve, so he's not playing again. So he's missed almost half the season mm-hmm. with this back injury. So how bad is it? Then it's just well, it's unbelievable. Like you said, you could we could, you could have such a long list, and there will be of questions that will have to be answered in this off season. That it's, it's no shortage of things to talk. I about. I think the one certainty is I I want Zach Allen back totally, <laughs> which is not going to totally. like save your team, but I'm at least pretty certain I want him back. All right, we come back final segment of the show. A wild week around the world of sports. We're going to get you caught up on everything with our work week wrap up next. It's Wolf and Luke Howard Balzer in for Wolf on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, final segment of the show time for the work week wrap up. We will begin on Monday. Monday. Monday, we actually had the day off, but that didn't mean the sports world took the day off. In fact, Howard, the Denver Broncos decided the embarrassment they suffered at the hands of the Rams was enough to move on from Nathaniel Hackett. With two games left, here's Dan Orlovsky. What went wrong was Nathaniel Hackett never got Russell to play to one, the expectation level given the draft capital they gave up and the money they paid him. And then two, to anywhere close to where he has in the past. There's become zero comfort in their offense. This is an offense that Nathaniel Hackett runs that is predicated on rhythm and timing. 
And the owner that is now the owner was not the owner when Hackett was hired and Will, the whole Wilson deal was made. And interestingly, in his press conference, the owner said that the new coach will report to him, not the general manager. So that will be an interesting team to watch in terms of going forward in Denver. Not sure how high that job would be on my <laughs> list if I were a coveted NFL head coach prospect. Uh, also on Monday, Buda Baker. You know it's bad if Buda's done for the season. A shoulder injury, a fractured shoulder. Here's Vance Joseph. Well, you know, for Buda, he's had a great year. You know, so his part has been, you know, completed. I told him. So, you know, moving forward, just to play some young guys and, you know, watch uh, you know, other guys play safety. It's going to be fun for me to watch and evaluate for next year. But, um, you know, Buda's had a great year and, you know, he's, he's obviously banged up. And if he could play, he, he would play. Is it going to be that fun evaluating the safeties? <laughs> That's the first thing I thought when he said it would be fun evaluating for next year. We were just talking about the coaches evaluating for next year if they're going to be coaches here. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I believe Vance feels that right now. Oh, I, kind of, I want to, to ask him at like 3.30 on Sunday, like, hey, Vance, are you having fun watching uh, guys who aren't Buda Baker play safety for you? Uh, also on Monday, Monday Night Football, the Chargers make it to the playoffs. Here's Brandon Staley. I'm really proud of how this season has gone for our football team and, and what we've been able to demonstrate in order to make it into the postseason. Um, that's probably what I'm most proud of, not just being in it, but how we made it, what it took for us to get in. Um, but, you know, this is just the beginning for us. That game was ugly, but they are in. Yep, and that, that went over the Cardinals, jump-started them down this stretch that got them in to the postseason when there was all the chatter that, ooh, the Chargers is going to be the spot for Sean. That could be a sh- spot for Sean Payton and what a quarterback he would love to have in Justin Herbert. It always shows the all the chatter, all the talk, let the season play out. But we know that's not the way it all works. Nope. But it, it just shows that things can change in a hurry. It, it does make sense, the sense that, or the, the, the mindset that if, if you're Sean Payton and you just got the pick from any of these teams that aren't like elite, the Chargers would make a lot of sense. Oh, yeah, no but question. Now that job's, I would assume, not going to be there. I mean, no. I guess if they get smoked in the first round and anything goes, I think it's more likely the Cowboys would freak out after a first round loss than the Chargers. But either way. Especially if they lose to that NFC South champion. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Paint the picture of the Carolina Panthers winning that division, taking out Dallas in the first round. Sean Payton will be coaching Dallas by like the fourth quarter of that game. <laughs> on to Tuesday. Tuesday. Big news on Tuesday from J.J. Watt. I'm ready for, I'm ready to not commit all my energy to that. I'm ready to uh, watch my son grow up. I'm ready to spend time, more time with my wife. Uh, I'm ready for a new challenge, whatever that new challenge may be. Um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what else is out there. I'll, I'll always remember, Luke, the comment that he made after the Carolina game, the one he had played after having the AFib done on his heart. And he said, here we were having all these ultrasounds with my wife seeing the baby. And now all of a sudden I'm getting an ultrasound on my heart. I think that was the moment that started him in his mind thinking about this decision that he made. And he acknowledged he made it a while ago. So I think that that was the thing that probably jump-started him towards saying this will this will be it. And then he started playing well, which he wanted to go out playing well. Yeah, and he's got two more games. I, I think we all, at least I expect him to play pretty well in these last two games. He's been playing well despite the fact that the team has struggled around him. And, and he can go out on a relative high. I'm sure he'd rather go out after a playoff game. But, but he can go out at least playing well. Um, he said, actually, 
actually was yesterday that there were a couple people he had told in the building, mm-hmm. Vance Joseph being one of them, and they did a good job of really keeping it a secret. One person he did not tell was Jesse Lucada. <laughs> and uh, this was Jesse Lucada. J.J. Watt unearthed the uh, the footage and was able to release it uh, yesterday. So here it is. This is to set the scene, because J.J. Watt did set the scene pretty well the other day. So Watt, it comes out he's retiring, right? Well, somewhere in the valley, Jesse Lucada is getting his wisdom teeth out as this happens, right? So he wakes up. That's the first thing they tell him. Hey, J.J. Watt's retiring. So he immediately calls J.J. Watt, and he's like, I got to get that signed jersey. This is very difficult to understand, but just picture Jesse Lucada, like, in the dentist chair, still has the cotton in his mouth. Under anesthesia. Yeah, totally just gone, FaceTiming J.J. Watt. J.J. J.J. That's what I wanted to call and tell you. Yeah. That's all. And the Bye, funny, JJ. funny part of the story is he said at first he got a FaceTime and he got a, and he didn't recognize the number, yeah. didn't know who it was, I didn't listen to it, and then finally later he he watched it and listened and he goes, Oh my god, he's talking about how incoherent he was. <laughs> oh, and then he and then he gets Jesse who says, Yeah, okay, put it out there. What the heck? I, I, the best part of that might be located at the beginning. Every time I hear it, there's a new best part. But the beginning is him saying JJ's name twice. As if JJ just got his wisdom teeth pulled out and didn't totally know what was going on. Uh, on Tuesday, a high point for the Suns this week. The Suns going into Memphis. They blow out the Grizzlies. Grizzlies 125 to 108. This is DeAndre Ayton. Revenge? From the last game, the 25 points. No. Okay. No, they won the first game. Revenge. Why would it be revenge? Because of the way the game is. No, there ain't no revenge. But it's the NBA. It's 82 games. We see you again. Okay, brother. We're going to see you again. Ain't no revenge behind this. Ain't none of that going on. Hmm. <laughs> I'm big on the revenge game. <laughs> DA apparently not so big on the revenge game. Uh, Coyotes. Coyotes have been on a run. They played the defending Stanley Cup champs on Tuesday night, Colorado, at Mullet Arena, where the Coyotes just don't lose now. And they beat Colorado 6-3. to that song a lot lately on to Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday, Devin Booker is going to be reevaluated in four weeks to to a groin strain. That was announced Wednesday. Here's James Jones with Burns and Gambo. When we say evaluate in four weeks, we're going to evaluate in four weeks. You know, there's a lot of progress that can be made over the next, you know, two to three, four weeks. And so to be be honest and transparent, we just want to make sure we have a, an accurate timeline that doesn't that doesn't put pressure on either side of the recovery. Puts a lot pressure on the next four weeks though it does it does but i think sometimes when these teams are forced to give some kind of timeline and it's why a lot of times you say oh three to six weeks or whatever because you, you just never know and especially with soft t- soft tissue injuries those are the toughest and so it makes sense to be as conservative as you possibly can uh meanwhile this is wednesday not today but colt mccoy exited concussion protocols and at that point was expected to start playing against the falcons now we have since heard otherwise today and we'll get to that and on Wednesday, the Raiders benching Derek 
Carr going with Jared Stidham. Look, the Raiders went out and got Derek Carr, and uh, or had Derek Carr, went out and got Devontae Adams partially so he could play with Derek Carr. Here's Devontae Adams' reaction. Obviously, I don't think anybody was excited about it in here. Um, you know, him being one of one of my really good friends and, you know, the reason why I came here in the first place. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be here right now if he wasn't, the, you know, if he wasn't here. Doesn't sound real happy. No, no. It was a future meme for him, but he's got a big contract, too, obviously. And that was also part of the reason that that he decided to that was go the there. Other part. Yeah, yeah, the other the other part. But the interesting thing, Luke, is that two years ago, when Tom Brady had left the Patriots, Jared Stidham was with the Patriots, and he was anointed in the offseason the starter when Josh McDaniels was the offensive coordinator. Yeah. And he played himself totally out of it in training camp. And they ended up signing Cam Newton, who became the starter when the season when the season opened. That didn't go well. No. And now now when he got, had he was actually not playing badly early and then he had COVID and, then and, he, and he was totally a different guy. Yeah. But here's now Josh McDaniel saying, oh, we got to look at Jared Stidham the last two weeks. Now, I realize things can change in two years, but would anybody bet right now that Jared Stidham will be the starter for the Raiders next year in week one? That would I don't have to be so. like 10,000 to one odds. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, 31 points, but the Suns lose to the Wizards by 25 on to Thursday. Thursday. Thursday Coyotes win again 6-3 at Mullet Arena, this time against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Here's their head coach. Tonight was a, a working day. We needed to dig in and go deep behind their D and go to work. So uh, a lot of credit to our player. We they adjust during the game. They were really good in the second period on that, and we our confidence grew from there. And we found a way. Swept Toronto this year, swept Toronto last year. It's a pretty good hockey team. The Coyotes keep uh, sweeping and running simultaneously to that game last night. The Cowboys hanging around still in that NFC East race. Here's Dak Prescott after they defeated Tennessee. And a win's a win, obviously, and there's, there's things to clean up, uh, and they're much easier and feel much better to clean up when you've got a when you've got the win. Um, but this is the NFL, and I say it time and time again: give these other guys credit. These guys get paid to do their job, whether their starters are out or not. Well, now you've got a bunch of young guys that are trying to make the most of their opportunity, or trying to to step up and say, "Hey, I can't play in this league." And that's uh, that's what this league is right now, full of a bunch of young players. It's a weird game. Yeah, very very weird. T- Titans with the quarterback situation, no Derrick Henry. But they're getting ready to play the Jaguars next week and try to figure out a way to win that division. That brings us to today, Friday. And an update on Colt McCoy from Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, he had uh, some symptoms show up yesterday after practice. So just out of abundance of caution, yeah, we decided to sit him this week. And we'll start David Blau um, Sunday, give him a chance, um, evaluate him, see see how that goes. And then the last week, kind of see where we're at between those two guys and uh name a starter then. David Blau era begins. Also, the Suns play the Raptors tonight. That'll do it for us here. Thanks to Aaron Maloney behind the glass, Jesse Morrison as well. For Howard Balzer, I'm Luke Lipinski. we got Burns and Gambo next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.